Hey, Keurig coffee drinkers. Need a cold coffee with a bold flavor? Dunkin' Cold K-Cup pods were specially crafted for cold coffee. Brew over ice straight out of the Keurig coffee maker for smooth, delicious Dunkin' taste you know and love. Find your next Dunkin' Cold coffee in the roasted coffee aisle. Good Friday morning. And it is a busy one in the weather department. Al's got everything we need to know. Good morning, everybody. It is September 8th. This is today. Tropical threat. Hurricane Lee exploding into a massive Category 5 overnight and potentially threatening the East Coast. Plus, severe storms and even more brutal heat set to impact millions more heading into the weekend. We're tracking it all. Closing in a new sighting of that escaped inmate on the run in Pennsylvania for more than a week. Police now ramping up the manhunt. We'll have very latest. New concerns, the migrant crisis now impacting the return to school. Officials in New York, the nation's largest school district, struggling to find space for 21,000 new students. And the mayor with this ominous warning. This issue will destroy New York City. Just ahead, the new plea for help and the desperate search for a solution. Racing into action, a daring mission getting underway this morning overseas to rescue an American trapped more than 3,000 feet deep in a cave. I'm going to need a lot of help to get out of here. We're there live today, Friday, September 8th, 2023. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb. Live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Oh, wow, this is good for us. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to today. Thank you for being here. It's Friday morning. Look at all these beautiful, smiling faces here on our plaza. This is incredible. SG, this crowd is epic. Got some good news, by the way. A lot of people fanning themselves out here. Okay, relief is in sight from this intense heat wave. It has shattered records all week long. Yeah, we're also watching Hurricane Lee. Check out this image. It's showing how this storm has grown over the last 24 hours. It is now an extremely dangerous catastrophe. Category 5 storm. Well, Al's got his eye on that and all of it. Good morning to you, Al. Happy Friday. Hey, happy Friday to you and good morning to all of you watching. Uh, Unfortunately, this storm isn't as strong as it's predicted to get. We have had I mean, really massive, intensive, uh, uh, rapid intensification. So 5 a.m. yesterday, 80 mile per hour winds. This morning, we are at 165 mile per hour winds. Now, normal rapid intensification is 35 mile per hour wind increase in 24 hours. Look at how much this has increased. And it could get stronger. So right now, Lee, Category 5 storm, 630 miles East of the northern Leeward Islands, 165 mile per hour winds. Look at how well defined that eye is. Moving northwest at 14 miles per hour. Now, this is the predicted track. By 2 a.m. tomorrow morning, 175 mile per hour winds. That's what it's predicted at. By Wednesday, 2 a.m., it's still well. The good news is it's well north of Puerto Rico and Guila, the Dominican Republic. They'll probably get some strong winds and some rain out of this thing. Now, where is it going after that? The, the European model, Lee, is going to be somewhere near Bermuda. The latest guidance now has shifted it slightly to the east, okay? So that's the European model. American model now, pretty much in agreement, but take a look. Again, you can see these spaghetti plots, as we call them. Anywhere from Long Island up to Halifax, Bangor, Maine is possible. It's steering. It's the steering currents that we have to worry about. we got a trough of low pressure over, over Canada, high pressure out in the Atlantic. Now, scenario number one, if that low pressure 
pressure is more is stronger. Lee's path will be further away from the East Coast. But if this high pressure is more dominant, it moves closer to the coast. So we're going to just have to watch this. We're not going to have a really good idea about this until at least Monday. But in the meantime, we do know it's going to cause major problems along the eastern seaboard with rough surf and uh, high winds. And that's going to be a problem now. As far as the heat is concerned, 54 million people, though heat is starting to contract, and that's good news. And basically, we've got along the eastern seaboard one more day of high heat indexes into the mid-90s from from Manchester all the way down to Raleigh. Cooler conditions through the, the Great Lakes, but unfortunately, more record highs continuing from Texas all the way into the southwest, guys. So again, more heat in the southwest, cooler coming up this weekend in the northeast, and Lee is still a big question. All right. All right, Al, thank you so much. We'll get more of your forecast coming up in just a bit. Meantime, there are new developments in a story we've been following all week long, that intense manhunt for an escaped inmate in Pennsylvania. Police now confirming a new sighting of the convicted murderer as hundreds of authorities join the more than week-long search. NBC's George Solis has the very latest for us this morning. Hey, George. Hey, good morning, Hoda. Behind me is the heart of this search operation. This is the command post where authorities from all over have been gathering daily to track sightings of the fugitive, including the one last night. That search for him now expanding to eight to 10 miles. Another sighting of a convicted killer in the same area he was seen earlier this week. The massive search for Daniello Cavalcante is now entering its ninth day with the escaped prisoners still on the loose. Our primary mission is to get this guy in custody. Overnight, authorities confirming he was sighted again yesterday at the Longwood Botanical Gardens, where he was spotted on trail cameras earlier this week, sending an alert Thursday that, quote, the subject has been spotted in our area and advising visitors to shelter in place, later saying the gardens were closed due to the search. He's already murdered two people, one in Brazil and one here in a very brutal manner. According to police, Cavalcante escaped Chester County Prison last Thursday morning. Surveillance video shows him crab walking up walls in a hallway just off the prison's exercise yard. Then, authorities say, he managed to wiggle through barbed wire to get out, an escape route used before by another inmate back in May. After that escape, the prison put new measures including razor wire in place, but it did not stop Cavalcante, whose absence was not noted for almost an hour. The one thing we didn't take into account was a failure on the human element side. Residents in this normally quiet neighborhood, frustrated he has not been captured. 200 law enforcement, lots of agencies out here trying to get this guy. They still haven't. Why do you think that is? There's a lot of woods. There's um, a lot of places to hide. But I'm very, very surprised and kind of disappointed that they haven't caught him by now. Cavalcante was sentenced to life in prison without parole, convicted of stabbing his ex-girlfriend, Deborah Brandau, to death in front of her children. Her sister, Sarah Brandau, says her family is living in constant fear. You're afraid he's hiding? Yes, here in my backyard, in my house. I'm scary all the time. And Hoda, this morning, we're expected to get an inside look at that command post to see at some of the tools that some of the police agencies are using to track down this fugitive. Now, they've noted that it has been brutally hot here these last couple of days, but they say it has not impeded search efforts. 
Hoda. All right, George Solis for us there in Pennsylvania. George, thank you. The countdown is on to a major strike potentially in the auto industry. Less than a week to reach a deal. United Auto Workers at General Motors, Ford and Chrysler are demanding a large pay raise, threatening to walk off the job if they do not get it. NBC's business reporter Brian Chung here mm-hmm. watching this one closely for us. I mean, three companies at the same time. This is a potentially huge strike. How likely will it come to that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, for right now, again, there's three major automakers at the heart of these debates here. Two of them have proposals in already. The third is expected to come before this weekend, that from Stellantis. But yesterday, GM did offer a counterproposal to the union, and uh, you can see just how far apart they are on the wage negotiations. So the UAW is asking for 46% in pay increases over the next four years compounded. GM offered 10% for most workers. You can see numerically right there just how far apart they are. Keep in mind, the union's also asking for things like increased benefits, a shorter work week from 40 to 32 hours. So there's still a lot of work to be done. And again, we're only a week out next Thursday into Friday next week is when the strike could potentially begin. We see how it's impacting the workers. But for consumers who may be in the market for a car, how will will it affect them? Yeah, well, Hoda, it's been brutal for people trying to buy a new car over the past few years anyway. You think about the COVID disruptions. You also think about the supply chain issues even after the lockdowns were uh, lifted. So when we talk about what's happening here with the UAW, if they were to strike, the estimate is that that would be over 100,000 vehicles per week that there would not be on the lots for dealers. So that would likely increase prices for those consumers as well, which is why some dealers are saying, maybe if you're trying to buy a car, try to get ahead of this right now. I know. All right. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Brian. President Biden arrives in India for a major summit this morning here at home. There are growing questions about his son's legal fate and what it means for the president's reelection campaign. The special counsel looking into Hunter Biden is now expected to seek an indictment of him within weeks after that controversial plea deal collapsed. Let's turn to Chuck Todd, NBC's political director, moderator. Meet the press. Chuck, good morning. Happy Friday. Let's start right there with Hunter Biden. It seems an indictment is coming. We don't know what the contents will be. What is the political fallout for President Biden as he faces re-election. Well, I, you know, it's interesting. It, I, President Biden's biggest problem is not Hunter Biden. It continues to be his age. All things Hunter Biden actually matter more to Donald Trump in many ways than they do to Joe Biden. And I think this is very uh, ends up being very helpful to Donald Trump. Whenever the more there is questions about ethics surrounding the Biden name or the Biden brand, focusing on Hunter Biden, it it basically, this has been what Trump's goal has been, is to sort of muddy the waters here, create this, um, hey, everybody uh, is dirty here in Washington. Um, they claim they're clean. They're not telling you that. And so as much as I know that there's concerns, this impacts, this impacts Joe Biden, and I think he has not handled this very well publicly. Um, this matters more to to, to Donald Trump's ability to continue to essentially make the case that he still can beat Biden. And the more muddy he is, the more his voters believe that. I want to talk about a big interview you've got Sunday uh, on Meet mm-hmm. the Press. And, and it actually goes to this issue that you just raised, which is Biden's age being more of a political liability than anything having to do with his son. There's a poll just out this week that mm-hmm. suggests that it's one thing like so many voters actually agree on um, that they're concerned right. about the president's age. Here you have Gavin Newsom, the California governor, waiting in the wings, it seems. You sit down with him and you ask him whether or not he really is uh, planning a presidential run, if Biden doesn't run, let's listen to what he has to say. 
why shouldn't we consider you a likely candidate? Well, I think the vice president is naturally the one lined up, and the filing deadlines are quickly coming to pass. And I think we need to move past this notion that he's not going to run. President Biden is going to run, uh, and we're looking forward to getting him reelected. Uh, I think there's been so much wallowing uh, in the last few months and hammering in this respect, uh, but we're gearing up for the campaign. We're looking forward to it. I, I under, you know, but. You hear these calls privately. What do you tell these donors who are wallowing? In this? Uh, time to move on. Let's go. How about it, Chuck? Uh, do we take him at his word? I do take him at his word, but I also, you see him, he is gearing up to run for president. It's probably in 2028. But, you know, and, and you know, you can do all the whole Sherman S thing. But if something happens, look, the filing deadlines haven't passed. This is, you know, something that you would think that could change before the end of the year. And if it somehow did, I think he'd jump in uh, very quickly. Uh, but one thing he wanted to make clear is that, look, he did believe that the vice president was next in line. And uh, and at the end of the day, but he said it in such a way that it didn't feel Sherman-esque. Put it that way, Savannah. Well, Chuck, we've always loved your analysis. We'll continue to love it. But you are stepping down as moderator of Meet the Press after nine years. I know Kristen Welker, our dear friend, is going to take that baton ably. But we just want to say thank you, Chuck. We love you. We're going to miss you. But you're not going too far. You'll still be, of course, a huge part. Strange. NBC political it's, coverage. I know it's a strange feeling. I'm, I'm like, I'm not retiring. I'm not <laughs> walking away. I'm just stepping off the chair and, and stepping away from a daily news cycle yes. for a little bit. Well, Chuck, I'm happy for you. And I just have to say, you know, you're my dear friend. We go way back. And I thought about this morning, nine years ago, on the day that you found out that you were going to get the job you dreamed of your whole life. This is where, where you were. You were with yeah. me, with my one day old baby. You came to see me and yeah. you're a great friend and you always have been. And thank you so much for what you've done. Thanks, Seth. All right, Chuck, mm. thank you. And again, you can you see it. Chuck's full and exclusive interview with Governor Newsom Sunday morning on Meet the Press. Mm, beautiful send-off there. All right, we've got a lot more to get to, including the start of the new school year here in New York. It's putting renewed attention on the country's growing migrant issue. The mayor calling it a problem that will, quote, destroy the city without more help from the federal government. NBC's Ron Allen joins us now with that story. Hey, Ron, good morning. Good morning, Hoda. This is the first stop for many new arrivals here in the city seeking help with the basics like housing and now education. There are tens of thousands of migrant children in the city's schools adding to the strain on that system. As the mayor here uses perhaps his strongest language yet to criticize fellow Democrats in Washington for not doing enough to help. This morning, students and teachers in the country's largest school system are starting the school year with a new challenge. Migrant children, like third grader Anil, are entering U.S. classrooms for the first time. I do feel very excited, he says, admitting he's nervous as well. Overall, some 20,000 children from migrant families are now attending city schools, part of what Mayor Eric Adams has called a crisis overwhelming New York. More than 110,000 new arrivals in need of food, housing, and education. We're getting no support on this national crises. And he says more migrants keep arriving, as many as 10,000 every month. Many bus from other states or making their own way here. The Democratic mayor accusing the Biden administration of failing to act. I don't see an ending to this. This issue will destroy New York City. In response, the Biden administration saying it has worked closely with New York officials, providing more than $140 million in aid this year, adding only Congress can reform our broken immigration system and provide additional resources to communities across the country. 
Republicans pouncing on the mayor's criticism. All of them are discovering suddenly the burdens of Joe Biden's open borders and illegal immigration. And it's not just New York. Cities nationwide are buckling under the pressure of asylum seekers. Meanwhile, overnight, a U.S. appeals court granting a temporary stay, allowing Texas to keep controversial buoys in place on the Rio Grande between the Texas-Mexico border. Governor Greg Abbott has argued the buoys deter illegal crossings, while critics raise humanitarian concerns, saying they can lead to drownings. Back in New York City, the arrival of so many school-age migrant students is a conflicting issue for many parents. Does that concern you? No, not really. Um, I'm an immigrant myself. I want my tax dollars to go toward my kids, but the softer side of me uh, feels bad for these kids. You know, it's not their problem. Ironically, school officials say there is room in the city's classrooms because over 100,000 students left during the COVID pandemic and have not returned. Looming over all of this, the school officials are also warning that there could be a school bus driver's strike next week. Negotiations continue. Hoda? All right, a lot going on. Ron Allen, Forrester in Midtown. Ron, thanks. Craig's here. Mr. Roker, what you got? Well, we've got sunny and cool conditions across the Great Lakes, severe storms down through the Gulf, plenty of sunshine out west. And that's your latest weather. Guys, thanks, oh, Thank you. Still ahead inside the urgent rescue mission for a stranded American this morning. It is playing out deep inside a cave in Turkey. We will take you there live. Plus, don't go anywhere if you spend most of your time driving your kids or your grandkids to their lessons and practices. Vicki has a first look at something new in the world of ride sharing that may help you out. But first, this is today on NBC. It's time to breathe easier this allergy season with Breathe Right Nasal Strips. With instant nasal congestion relief for up to 12 hours, you can spend your time on your terms, not on your noses. Stuffy nose from outdoor allergens? No problem. We got you. Allergy season just turned into stripping season. Instant relief from nasal congestion anytime, anywhere. Need more convincing? Click the banner below and get a free sample. Breathe right. Get your strip on. Use as directed. In life, we're often driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to find candidates isn't to search. It's to match with Indeed. Indeed's a matching and hiring platform used by over 300 million global monthly users, according to Indeed data. Need quality candidates fast? Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging. And you'll connect with candidates in no time. And it's not just faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And here's the best part. Listeners of this show get a $75 sponsored job credit, giving your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What a scene out there. We are going to start this half hour with a story that is being watched closely around the world. Yeah, an international effort underway this morning to rescue an American who fell ill while on an expedition in one of the deepest caves in Turkey. Well, this operation is involving nearly 200 people, including doctors and paramedics. NBC's Matt Bradley is right near the scene. He's got the very latest breaking details. Hey, Matt, good morning. Good morning, Hoda and Savannah. I'm here not far away from the mouth of that cave where that American explorer has been trapped for the better part of a week. And now we're beginning to see one of the most complicated, most dangerous cave rescue operations in recent memory. 
after nearly a week underground. I'm doing well. Thank you. We're hearing from American scientist Mark Dickey for the first time, trapped in one of the world's deepest caves, telling everyone that he's as well as can be expected. After a life-threatening medical emergency left him trapped nearly half a mile underground in Turkey. I'm up, I'm alert, I'm talking, uh, but I'm not healed on the inside yet, so I'm going to need a lot of help to get out of here. The 40-year-old veteran cave diver experienced severe gastrointestinal bleeding on Saturday while working on a caving expedition in southern Turkey. The medical emergency leaving him unable to eat and partially unconscious for three days. Until two doctors were able to give him desperately needed blood transfusions, according to the Italian Cave and Alpine Service. He's not out of the woods yet. The next steps will be incredibly difficult. But he's surrounded by help. Some 150 rescuers from multiple countries are working on the complex rescue mission. I want to thank everyone that's down here. It is amazing to see how many people have responded on the surface. It's already being called one of the largest cave rescues ever attempted. We take care of our own, um, and it's really special to be taken care of. But Dickey will need all the help he can get. The challenge, the Morka Cave is Turkey's third deepest, reaching depths of over 4,000 feet. It's a labyrinth of tight passages and water-filled caverns, which Carl Hetmeyer, the fellow cave diver and friend of Dickey's, says makes the cave one of the world's toughest to traverse. It's at the top of the game of difficult cave systems. I don't expect Mark on the surface for, for four to eight days. So even if he's feeling better, the real challenge for Dickey and his rescuers is yet to come. Now, guys, a lot of the timeline of this depends on whether or not Dickey will be able to walk himself out of that cave. If he needs to be carried out on a stretcher, that could make the whole operation a lot more difficult and a lot more dangerous. Hoda, All right, Matt Bradley for us there. Matt, thank you. All right, coming up, new tributes to the Queen. As the royal family marks today's one-year anniversary of her passing, we will take you live to Buckingham Palace. First, there was something new to help busy families that are always on the go. Hey, good morning, guys. It's a common scenario. You're busy at work, your teenager needs a lift to practice. I'm Vicki Wynn. I'm going to show you a new feature on Uber that allows teens to order their own rides, and you, as a parent, can track them every step of the way. That's next, right here on Today. Back now, 738 with In-Depth Today. And if you're constantly racing the kids to and from events and practices and all that stuff, this one's for you. Oh, yeah, the mom taxi. With the hectic school year underway, we've got an exclusive look at some new ride-sharing features. It could make things a little bit easier for parents all across the country. NBC's Vicki Wynn is here with some details. Hey, Vic. Hey, Vic. Hi, good morning. The mom taxi, that so speaks <laughs> to me. That's how I feel. Here's the thing. The global ride-sharing market, it is projected to earn $43 billion in revenue this year, with the average user spending about $90 a month. This is according to new market research. But now it's going to become a lot easier for parents to get their kids a ride, even if they can't drive them. Because starting today, Uber for teens will be available nationwide. My daughter and I tried it to show you how it works. As classic as the movie Grease, so is the ritual of returning to class. And with it comes hectic teen schedules. School, sports practice, band, even going to the mall. Solving the riddle of all those rides can be worse than a wordle. I should know, my own teenage daughter, Emerson, is as busy as ever. So we're trying out Uber for Teens. It's a new service that allows teens to order their own rides. It starts here on my phone in the Uber app. Teens can't actually create an account on their own. A parent or guardian has to invite them. So you go to your Uber app, hit account, and then family and teens right there, invite family. And there it is, add a teen. 
The app, designed for teens 13 to 17, sends Emerson an invite, and from there, she creates her own teen account after reading a safety tutorial. Uber says parents should talk to their teens before they use the service, remind them to check the license plate, ask the driver who they're picking up before getting in, and never sit in the front seat. I'm ordering my ride now. Oh, here I am at work and I just got a text. Yep, it's a notification. It says Emerson just requested a ride and the driver is arriving in four minutes. The car pulls up. Hey, how are you? Who are you here for? Um, Emerson. Yep, yeah, all right. But the driver can't start the ride without a personal identification number or PIN from Emerson's app to ensure she's in the right car. We will have uh, one uh, PIN for me. The PIN is 6255. She's on her way while I follow along from my office. It shows me Emerson's been picked up and it shows me she'll be dropped off in seven minutes. I can even call the driver to check in. Is Emerson in the car with you? Yes, ma'am. She is here. Great. Is everything going okay? Everything perfect, ma'am. Just perfect. Hey, Emerson, are you there? Can you hear me? Yep. Okay, cool. Everything's good on your end? Going great. Uber says drivers with teen passengers can't change drop-off locations, and if the drive goes off course or stops for extended periods of time, Uber will call the driver and teen, and if necessary, 911. Uber Vice President Sachin Kansal notes the safety features are mandatory and cannot be turned off. Our kids are very precious cargo. For parents, the most important thing was visibility and tracking. Can any driver drive teens or do they have to go through a vetting process? They have to be an experienced driver on our platform and they have to be positively rated throughout. In addition, Uber says it conducts criminal background checks and reviews driving records every year, providing a new option for busy parents just in time for the start of school. Thanks for the ride. Okay, starting right now, Uber for Teens is available in all states except California. State regulators have yet to approve that feature. By the way, we also tried the new Uber Eats feature for teens. You might see that on your app. We did it quite a few times, but we experienced several glitches from not getting notifications to receiving the wrong order. Oh. Uber tells us Uber Eats for teens is still being tested and mm-hmm. developed. But you'll see that today. My mind is just reeling about, like, what are the teens ordering? Oh. You know? exactly. It's like it's supposed to tell you. Yeah, Starbucks yeah. refresher, yeah. sugar, yeah. the bubble yeah. tea. Okay. Vic, what if you just order an Uber for your kid, like a lot of folks have been yeah. doing for years now, and you just put them in it using your own account? Yeah. People have totally been doing that. Technically, it is against Uber's rules. Oh. The new service is free. It's a lot safer, as you saw with the pin. And it is a good idea to have your kid enter, or enter that pin before they even get into the car. Mm-hmm. The other thing we thought was interesting is, what if your kid has to go to practice with a couple of other people? You, as the account holder, you're responsible for everyone in that oh, car. Yeah. So the driver's also supposed to ask each teen, does your parent consent to you being in this Uber? Hmm. So it's really important to have the conversation with your teenager about what to do, go over the safety tutorial so everybody's comfortable. And Feels like pay. something you do like when you really were desperate because it's expensive yeah. to take sure. an Uber and all that, but yeah. a, a good in a option. Uh-huh. In a pinch. Yeah. Great. Thank you, Vic. Oh, and thank, thanks to Emerson as well. Yeah, thank, yeah. thank you, Vic. Yeah. Al's got another look at this weather. Yeah, we do. And, and besides talking about leave, besides talking about the heat, we've got severe weather in a good portion of the country. You're already seeing some showers and thunderstorms pop up, we got the risk of severe weather, Dallas, Houston, Alexandria. We're also looking here in the Northeast from Augusta all the way down to Roanoke. Strong storms popping up, 51 million people at risk, damaging winds, hail. The good news is the tornado risk is low. However, as this 
slow-moving cold front that's going to bring a relief as far as the temperatures are concerned. They're going to be popping up showers all along the I-95 corridor right through tomorrow. It's a slow-moving front. More storms, more heavy downpours that could lead to flooding. And even Sunday, we've got a secondary front that'll move into the Midwest. But we're also going to be looking at from Maine all the way down to Florida, a good portion of the, that area. You're going to be looking at heavy rain. In fact, hourly rainfall rates through Sunday could be one to two inches, stretching all the way from Bangor down into Roanoke, Virginia. And that's your latest weather. All right, Al. Thank you. All right. All right. Well, guys, still ahead on Popstar, we're going to tell you about a new honor for a country music icon. Mm. It's time to breathe easier this allergy season with Breathe Right Nasal Strips. With instant nasal congestion relief for up to 12 hours, you can spend your time on your terms, not on your noses. Stuffy nose from outdoor allergens? No problem. We got you. Allergy season just turned into stripping season. Instant relief from nasal congestion anytime, anywhere. Need more convincing? Click the banner below and get a free sample. Breathe Right. Get your strip on. Use as directed. 